So we're uh, now in our series of our study in the book of First John, Second John, and Third John. And today, we'll be discussing uh, the third epistle of John. And we'll be reading from the uh, third letter of John, uh, third epistle of John. That's chapter, it's only one chapter, chapter one. And we'll be reading from ch- verses one to 15, and we'll be reading from the ESV version. So, uh, may I invite the congregation to please stand as we read the Word of God. I'll be flashing them on the screen and read with me the Word of God. First John, uh, sorry, Third John, uh, verses uh, 1 to 15. The elder to the beloved Gaius, whom I love in truth, beloved. I pray that all may go well with you and that you may be in good health as it goes well with your soul. For I rejoiced greatly when the brothers came and testified to your truth as indeed you are walking in the truth. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. Beloved, it is faithful thing you do in all your efforts for these brothers, strangers as they are, who testified to your love before the church. You will do well to send them on their journey in the manner worthy of God. For they have gone out for the sake of the name, accepting nothing from the Gentiles. Therefore, we ought to support people like this, that we may be fellow workers for the truth. I have written something to the church, but the Yotrephis, who likes to put himself first, does not acknowledge our authority. So if I come, I will bring up what he is doing, talking wicked nonsense against us. And not content with that, he refuses to welcome the brothers and also stops those who want to and puts them out of the church. Beloved, do not imitate evil, but imitate good. Whoever does good is from God. Whoever does evil has not seen God. Demetrius has received the good testimony from everyone and from the truth itself. We also add our testimony, and you know I had much to write to you, but I would rather not write with pen and ink. I hope to see you soon, and we will talk face to face. Peace be to you. The friends greet you. Greet the friends, each by name. May the Lord be worshipped and praised by the reading of his word. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for these words we have read today. Lord, speak to our hearts, speak to our minds, encourage us, rebuke us, correct us. And Lord, may these words that we we have just heard, we have just read, will go into our soul, sink into our hearts, that we may apply them and walk in your truth. Thank you, Father. We ask of this in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, our divine teacher, we pray. Amen and amen. Let's all be seated. Well, we're now in the third epistle of John, and we have very interesting characters, as you have uh, read with me. And um, what we're reading, actually, is not a letter to us. And I've said this, the Bible is not written to us. We're not the original addressing of this letter. The Bible is not written to us, but it is written for us. And so... We're now picking and reading somebody else's letter. I don't know if, whether in your life you've read a letter that's not for you. Have you done that? Nagmaritas ba kayo once in your life? You've read a letter that's not for you? Um, I remember this story. When I was young, first year, second year high school, I'm always with my pastor. And I've joined the jail, jail ministry, not that I was incarcerated. 
um, I joined the jail ministry, and we would go on a Saturday afternoon to a jail, in a local jail, municipal jail, and we would have all the people there. And you know the stench of people in jail because it's a very uh, cloistered space, it's an enclosed space. And the people there, the, the people who are in prison know me a lot because I'm the one who would um, uh, send their letters to their loved ones. And that's for free. That's our ministry. Uh, because, of course, my pastor will preach to them at the back because I don't want to smell them. Um, and and that, the pastor will call me and say, um, come, and then uh, Dan will collect your letters. And so the, the, the people who are in prison will give me their letters. And they will even give me some whatever, you know. But, but, so I will uh, send these letters. And also, uh, I would, that's the Saturday. So I would carry that letter until Monday because my school uh, is nearby the municipal hall. It's nearby the post office. So I would carry that the entire Monday. And after school, I would go to the post office and drop all the mails. And my bully classmates realized that I'm carrying a lot of mail. So they told me I'm, if I'm a postman, because I'm carrying a lot of mails. And they took one mail and read it. And based from that mail, they discovered that this man was incarcerated because of drug trafficking, drug possession. He has two sons, and they're in the province, and the wife is in Cavite, but the, the, the lady, the, the wife, doesn't want to visit him anymore. And he said he has an uh, um, uh, incoming hearing. I want you to be there. We could see each other. So it's a, it's a letter of uh, disappointment, a letter of, of asking the wife to forgive uh, him, etc., etc., and so my classmate conjured up a story because of that. And it, you know, the entire class knew that I'm delivering letters. They thought I'm a part of a mafia, you know. Uh, they, were, they, were, they were doing it. So we're reading something like that today. And there are uh, things that we have seen here. And last week, uh, Pastor Well gave us this sermon, spoke about another person. We've also read another letter. This time... Pastor Well spoke about another lady called the elect lady. She was unnamed. I don't know why. And John as well spoke well of her. As much as we know that this man named Gaius was also well spoken of by John. And um, John exhorted that we should live in watchfulness. We should live in faith. We should live in love and in truth. And same with this. But when we read the third letter of John, he praised, profoundly praised this guy. Now, there are several persona or uh, characters in this letter, since na magmamaritas naman tayo this time, and we're picking into a letter that's not ours. Who are the characters in this letter? Number one, his name is Gaius. There's another one, his name is Let's look at the Bible. His name is, verse 9, Diotrephes. And there's another one in verse 12, Demetrius. In fact, there are other people here in verse uh, 5, the brothers or the sis brothers and sisters. So, four characters. But today, I'd like us to focus on at least two main characters here. I will discuss these two characters because I believe based from these two characters, we will learn a lot. 
because we need to know who these people are because what they have exemplified and what they have been uh, doing is at the heart of our call as a people of God to disciple people. And I've entitled this sermon, The Beloved and Good Gaius. And you know that there are two characters, and I'll focus on these two. There are other two people, the brothers and the sisters and Demetrius, but let us focus on these two characters. We have Gaius and Diotrephes. Two very interesting but very opposite characters. Very ambivalent characters. Totally opposite. The first one is very supportive. The other one is a destroyer. The other one is a builder. The other one is a demolisher. The other one is friendly. The other one is a bully. The other one is kind and hospitable. The other one is greedy and inhospitable. Why do I say that? Because, my dear brothers and sisters, this is the heart of what discipleship is. With these two characters that I'm going to present to you now, to whom you can relate with? Are you Gaius or are you Diotrephes? And together, I want us to reflect. This is not a place for us to pinpoint that's not my goal. That's not my intention. But I want us to properly reflect. Are we Gaius or are we Diotrephes? I'll start with the first character, and his name is Gaius. And as we know, he's an intimate friend of John. I say that because look at his letter. Let's go to observing the text. Remember when we do exegesis of the study, we have an observation, interpretation, and application. Let's go to the text. He's an intimate friend of John. Verse 1, third of John, chapter 1, verse 1. The elder, to the beloved Gaius. He called him beloved. Mahal. Sino yung tinatawag yung mahal sa inyong buhay? Of course, I don't know if you're the person who calls mahal everyone as if you, mahal is every one of you. I don't think I could call you mahal. Otherwise, probably my wife will slap you or slap me either way. But I don't know. But we have terms of endearment to someone, right? Because that's a sign that we love it. Now, here in this text, John calls Gaius beloved. In fact, in verse 2, he said, he didn't call him by his name. He called him with the term of endearment, beloved. So he's very close with him. He's an intimate friend of John. And we could surmise from the text that he's an influential person in the church, we would assume that he's a leader of the church. We could perhaps safely assume that from the text. I say that because of the support he has given to the church. And not only that, he was said to be faithful. In verse 5, let's read, Beloved, it is a faithful thing that you do in all your efforts. All your efforts. It's not just simple. It's all your efforts to the church. He was not just an intimate friend. He's not just a leader of the church. He's a faithful follower, faithful supporter of the cause of the gospel. I say that in verse 5. It says, effort for these brothers, stranger as they are. He's not just kind to people that he knows. He said, stranger as they are. They might probably be strangers to you. They might not really be your friends. But you were there to support them. In verse 6. And look at how... Gaius was well spoken of. He said in verse 6, who testified to your love before the church. 
was very hospitable, even to strangers. Now, as a church, are we agayus? Are we hospitable to people? Are we there to support the people? Or let me say this. If people, I'm speaking to care group leaders, I'm speaking to all of our we leaders even in this church, will people speak good of us? Pag tinanong nila, ah, si Brother Dandan or si Brother Ray, nako, that person, let me tell you how bad he is. Da, 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 da. Or, when he said, ah, si Pastor Well, oh, he's a wonderful guy. He is this, he is that, he is this and that. Does people speak well of us because they've seen the love of Christ in us? They have seen how much efforts we've given to them. So I would say Gaius here is such a good disciple. He's a good person. He was well spoken of of people. Tanong ko sa inyo, when people speak behind your back, will they say good things or bad things? O sabihin nyo, eh mga chismosa man yung mga taga-living word talaga, so I cannot expect anything good from them. Sisiraan lang talaga nila ako. You know? Now let me ask you this thing. Have you had one person in your life that you consider had been a gaius to your life? Now, let me say this. Person who discovered you, not because you already showed that you're very good, you're active. You know, when you were there, no one wants to believe you. No one wants to give you a break because you were really not that good at that time. You were really an ordinary member sitting there. You don't even know whether you're a Christian or not. And somebody said, come, uh, can you serve with us? Can you, can you join us? Do you want this? Or uh, is someone, someone is there for you? Someone discipling you, whatever. That person approached you, not because you've done this, you've already been active in the church. Because for us leaders, it's very easy of us to pick people when they're already showing signs of maturity and whatever. I said, oh, you're very good. Let's take you as a leader. Let's take you to serve with us. People who have seen you when you are not yet there and they believed in you. Have you had any gaius in your life? I have. And her name is Ate Noemi. I've lost her. We've lost her during the pandemic time. She died during the pandemic time. There was this time, I was a young college student. I left my church because I wanted to go to a church where it's bigger and I felt that I'll be, you know, I will grow more in a big church. So I went to this church and um, so I'm new to them. Although I know many of them, but I'm new to the church. And that lady, that family welcomed me, not only welcomed me, like Gaius gave effort, opened her home, opened everything about their lives, and welcomed me in. No one knew me in the church. And she told me, why don't you join the choir? Why don't you do this? Why don't you do this? So I went. And she gave me a big break. I had to lead a team of researchers, a creative team, because the church is celebrating its centennial year. It's 100 years of the church. I mean, why would she give me that assignment, right? I'm a newbie. I'm an amateur. She believed in me and said, why don't you lead this team of creative people and do a documentary for the church? It will be a centennial year. And you'll do a coffee table book and you lead uh, the people who will, you know, 
have this program. So technically, I'm the, the, like, the managing director of the entire creative team for the Centennial. Well, lo and behold, I made a mistake in the research. And there's a barrage of people criticizing me. Atinoimi shielded me from all of these criticisms. You know what happened? When I learned those news, she could have berated me and said, I'm already telling you, Ren, but I gave you this bucket. Why did you, why did you batch up? Why did you, why did you, why did you do that? I, I thought you're doing good. What did you do? Come on. He, she has all the right to tell me that, right? I was young. She called me and said, I know that you already heard what you have to hear. But she told me, it's okay. Let's do it again. And I know you'll do well. That encouraged me a lot. Not only that, she gave me another chance, another chance, and another chance. She died in 2021 because of COVID. And her husband died 20 days later. 28 days later, 20-something odd days later. These two people whom I have confided with when I thought I'm being called to the full-time ministry. They told me that, um, Ray, it's not easy call. But I said, you think Atinoime can do this? I've already seen that in you. And she told me, I'll pray for you. But now, how can they pray for me? They're already both in heaven. 28 days apart. They died 28 days apart. She died first, and then 28 days later, the husband. They left one daughter. Donna and I were crying profusely when I, I couldn't go home. I should be there because during that time that I was alone, they were there for me. You know how difficult that is that you can't go to the people that you love during those times, remember? We were watching the uh, uh, streaming. Uh, I couldn't even watch it. I was praying hard to God that they will not call me for eulogy. Thankfully, they did not. In fact, when I met the, 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 the daughter, they were also thinking to give, for me to give eulogy. And I told Faye, good thing you didn't call me because I cannot say any word. I was there sitting, you know, the, the, because she, was, she died of COVID, she had to be cremated. There's a cre an urn there and then the coffin of the husband. And her only daughter, only daughter, magisang anak, only daughter is giving the eulogy. I cried bucket of tears. I should be there for these people, but I'm not there. That person became a gallus to me. And I know you had one in your life. That person believed me when no one else would. She could have berated me, but she shielded me from all of these criticisms. She believed in me. And I'll be forever grateful to this couple. I'll be forever grateful to them. The reason why I'm here is because someone believed in me. Someone became Agaius to me. You know, I say that because ministry is such a lonely road. It's a Via Dolorosa. I pastored a church that I wasn't able to hug, kiss, or even shake hands with. You know, I entered the ministry in February 2020 when the church is about to close. You know, I questioned the call of God in my life. I've never had this pulpit with you without a mask. 
When I returned and had to preach one of my first sermons as a pastor of this church, I have no one in this church except empty seats. That is so devastating. In fact, I have to tell you this. I think I'm, I suffered depression. I suffered terribly of that. I say that because we need to be gaius to someone else. Your word of encouragement, your act of kindness could be a lifesaver to someone. I don't know what happened to you during the pandemic. I didn't ask because all of us, to be fair to all of you, to be fair to the leaders of this church, to be fair to all of us, we also don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. I left my career. I thought my stable job. I left and I went and full-time ministry only to find out the church will be closing. Could you imagine the horror I gave my father-in-law? In fact, my father-in-law, I, one of the conversations I've heard, if I would be able to feed her daughter and my two sons. And that is a well-founded belief, you know? I say that, my dear brothers and sisters, because we need to be. That's the heart of discipleship. The heart of discipleship, are we able to encourage someone? Are we, like Gaius, able to support, give effort to someone and be there for that someone? What happened to you during the pandemic? I don't know. But have we become Gaius to someone? Have we encouraged, supported, loved someone? Before the pandemic, Ruel gave me this book. It, it has the... And he said, thank you for your dedication and love for his people. I pray that we will continue to grow. Uh, him and our friendship made this book help us. He gave this to me before the pandemic. This book was a lifesaver. You know why? That is difficult. And one of the things in this book I'll be sharing with you, he said this, Paul David Tripp. Today, there will be pastors, leaders, or members who will lose their heart and their way in the middle of hardships in the ministry. I almost did. And many of them will lose their way because they're not warned, encouraged, confronted, supported, and loved by the group of leaders who function as a community of grace. Healthy ministry communities which leave a legacy of long-term gospel productivity have longevity and fruit because they are, at their core, communities of grace. Now, I don't blame the leaders. It's not a blaming game. You've done what you could, but the reality is I'm in a different space at a different time. I came in at the wrong time. That's what I thought. How well have we become a community of grace? Are we so judgmental to people? Are we impatient to people like us who are sinners? Because I, I'm going back. That's the heart of discipleship. We don't just get someone because they're already there. If you were impatient with me, I would not have been here. I cried bucket of tears. The first few months that I was here, Pastor Well had to go home because, as you know, at that time, her mom is on her deathbed. Pastor Jerry and Atiglo were stuck in Baguio because they have to leave before the uh, pandemic because of mission trip, and they were stuck there. And we couldn't ask them to go home because it's too risky for all of us. 
I was there in the office alone. I started to question God. I said, you told me you'll be with me. No one is here with me now. Tita Eva told me, there's a person who tested positive in the church. You have to call her. I called that person. And after that call, I sobbed, sobbed inside the office. I said, Lord, you're not faithful to me. I pastored a church that I could not touch. I could not even shake your hands for the last two years. I could not even embrace you. I could not even see you face to face now. Could you imagine the tremendous stress, the tremendous depression it gave me? It took toll on my marriage. Will there be pastors and leaders who would lose their hearts and in the way of middle of hardship in the ministry because we failed as a people of God, warned, encouraged, confronted, supported, and loved them? What happened to you during the pandemic? I didn't ask. When Pastor Well returned and all of them, I didn't ask them already. Why? Because we were all groping in the dark. I started to question whether I'm being called to the ministry. And you know, and I'll go to the second person. Because during those times, as a personal testimony, where we opened already our online thing, right? You don't know how much stress our FB streaming and our edit team experienced that time. Of course, we opened ourselves to the Facebook, Facebook and online, so because they're starting to make restrictions, as you know, right? Um, a lot of things are happening. I remember Riza was facing a, a laptop here, and people were complaining, you know, for all the life of me. You know, they were all complaining, hindi po namin makita si Pastor, ang pangit po ng sound, and they were, Richard and all, they were all scrambling here. We're all like, I, and I'm, I'm, I said, am I a Jonah in the ship that I came in the ministry and all of this are happening? I'm blaming myself, really. Siguro kailangan ako mag-resign, so para bumalik itong pandemic na ito, no, all of them will not, I, I, do you understand where I'm coming from? I left my job and we're about to close. I'm a chairman of this church for six years. I know our, how our finance would behave. I asked Tita Eva, Tita Eva, how's the giving? It's very bad. I said, what? I left my job, you know. <laughs> Even if you wanted to give, you cannot give because you're not allowed to come here, right? And during that time, many of your relatives, friends, families were also having COVID. You need to help them. I understand that. And many of you at that time were all sick, having COVID, and many of you were experiencing death at that time. Could you imagine? We've lost three people along the way. We've lost uh, uh, Tita Susan, Tita Alma, and Nanay Turing during those times. Could you imagine? Under my watch, I said, Lord, you couldn't be so difficult to me, right? But you see, this is the reality. They, while there will be gaiosis, there will be also be diotrophies. And I'll go to this person. Diotrophies is a leader of the church, an influential, self-centered, selfish, divisive. Let me read it to you. I have written something to you, but diotrophies, who likes to put himself first, does not acknowledge our authority. Divisive person. 
So if I come, I will bring him what he's doing, talking wicked nonsense things against us. You know, this is the reality. We thought that church would be a place of people who would love us, cherish us, nurture us, but these are the same people who will hurt us. Are you disappointed? I am. I'm opening this up to you because I don't want you to think what church is not. The people that you have opened your heart to, the people that you think you know, you thought will help you, will abandon you. The people whom you have opened your heart with, opened your entire life, will now rumor monger you. Alam mo, sinabi sa akin ni sister, the sister told me, yun lang ganun pala siya dati, kaya siya ganyan, because of this, 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 this. Like Diotrephes, he's not just a rumor monger, he's a scandal monger. Look how difficult that is. Kaya si John, he couldn't take it anymore. He said, when I come, I will really talk to that person. He couldn't take it anymore. Now, can you take it? Can you still take it? Thank you for holding on. Congratulations, by the way. Inhospitable. Antagonistic. In other words, Diotrephes is a classic church bully. Let's look into this in another, you know, better language. TEV said that very good. He said, but Diotrephes, who loves to be their leader, will not pay attention to what I say. Then when I come, I will bring up everything has done. The terrible things he says about us. Are there people saying, saying terrible things about you? Don't worry. John also experienced that. He tell lies about us. Yun ang masama sa chismosa eh. Nag-invento na siya ng kwento, magsinungaling, magdadagdag pa siya. But that is not enough for him. Ito pa. So that's not enough. That's not enough for this church bully. He will not receive the brothers when they come and even stops those people who want to have fellowship. Diba? You want to have fellowship, people want to encourage one another. Diotrephes would even stop that. Tawag doon, ganging up. Nangyari yun sa inyo? Let's exclude him. Let's exclude her. That's evil. That's church bullying. Why do I say that? Verse 11. In reference to what John said. Verse 11 said, Beloved, do not imitate evil. He's referring to what Diotrephus did. Imagine, People would like to encourage. Perhaps that person is already ostracized, maligned, set aside because of the things they done. And then, since that this person does not exact to your idea of holiness, whatever, he said, don't join them. Don't associate with these people. No, no, don't go with them. You're theotrephus. Theotrephus. You're evil. And said, so do not imitate evil, but imitate good. Whatever does good is from God. Whoever does evil has not seen God. And this is my question. Why did the church allow a diotrephus in their midst? Why did we allow or why are we allowing, I'm not just referring to this church, but the entire church. Why are we allowing church bullies to thrive in our communities? This should be a community of grace. When do we allow church bullies? Church bullies thrive in churches 
in communities of grace because we value achievement, we value institutions, we value programs more than people. I went to a church in Walking United Reformed Church. It was a newly built church, newly constructed, almost multi-million dollar uh, in renovation. They wanted to host all the children in the church. You know what they did? They removed all the pews, put a board in it, and they turned it into a skating rink. And I went to the church, and I asked the pastor, Filipino as I am, I said, so how? You put the boards. It's a newly renovated church. So what happened? There are cracks in the... Uh, floor, alam mga Pilipino, di ba? Baka masira naman yan, you know? The pastor told me, yeah, a bit here and there, but boy, they enjoyed it. The families enjoyed it. I was rebuked. This church does not value building. They do not value institution. They value people. It's okay to chip the newly renovated building. The families and the kids enjoyed it anyway. That's what they live for. Bullies will thrive when we put premium and value achievement institution programs more than people. Church bullies like diotrophists would thrive in the church when we give premiums to indispensability. Like, you cannot survive without me. Dapat ako lang nang naan If I am there, it will be okay. If I'm not there, it will not be okay. Are you like that? You're a church bully. Why? Because like the Otrophies, you place value to yourself, not to the power of the Spirit to work alongside and alongside us. Church bullies thrive when we allow people to threat us with withholding their support. Wala namang ganun dito. Sa ibang church yun siguro. So, mga ibang church, nakikinig kayo, baka ganito kayo. Ay, hindi ako mag-support dyan. Could you imagine if you not support? Wala na ako ngayon dito. Wala nakakainin yung mga anak ko. You allow legalism to thrive instead of grace. We put a lot of rules. Have we truly become a community of grace? I say that there's Many of us, you know, um, thank you, by the way, Sister Amorel, for, for leading us a very good offertory. There are a lot of offertory leaders here. Most of them um, aren't trained, and they have a stage fright. There was this lady who were giving the, the offertory, and she mispronounced some words and actually weren't able to lead as well. Let's, let's say that uh, in our eyes. And then after that, she went into our office and profusely Apologized. I'm so sorry. No, 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 no. I said, no, no, wait, wait. It's okay. You've done good. You've done great. If there is one place in this world that amateurs, starters should be given a chance, it should be the church. It's okay. Of course, sometimes, masaka sa natin, if they foiled up with the music, they, they made a wrong tune here and there, why don't we allow grace? It's okay. We've still sang the song for God. Why are we so critical? Are we allowing legalism and all of these things to thrive? What we fail, we sometimes we seek perfection. And that's not bad. Don't get me wrong. Don't, don't misread me. We value so much perfection and quality at the cost of a wounded feeling of another person. Are we a church or we're just performing? 
we are turning into ourselves into performance rather than a community of gathering of the elect, of saints, of wounded people like you and me. You don't know how much courage I would stand here because I'm wounded. I was crying just last night or just the other night. You don't know how much difficulty we face. But when I look at you, how about you? How many people like you here who came here, you were just down and out and you almost lost it. You wanted to give up. Have we asked, how are you? Rocky uh, texted us. And she, he was sharing something. And he said this, Bro, are there people in your life you can call at 2 a.m.? What he meant is this, Are there people in your life that you could call at 2 a.m. when you're perhaps caught in a sin? When you're about to go to jail or perhaps you're about to, to die? And you can call these people and these people you know will be there for you. Do you have people you can call at 2 a.m.? Can this church, a church where all of us are the people whom a person can call at 2 a.m.? I say that because that's the heart of our discipleship. We can have discipleship in a form of program. But if we will fail people, if I will not be a Gaius to you, that that's no discipleship. I just went into another program. We allow these people to thrive because we value institutions more than anything else. And you know, I hope that we will not be diotrophies. Are you a diotrophies? Have we become a diotrophies? Have we destroyed somebody else's morale because we thought that it should not be done the way we want it to, to be? I'm very, very thankful, by the way, to our first-time guest, uh, host, and our, you know, our records and iConnect. They were there all the time. Ate Maria Allende, for instance, would really go, Tama po ba ito? You know, for the last two years during the pandemic, and marami kayo dyan, I might mention the name. I've just seen Ate Marie here. And, you know, you've, you've done it well. Thank you. To the streaming and to the editing team, you've done it well. You've done well. Every Sunday, during the pandemic, these people would scramble, you know. I couldn't focus. Ako para manang mag-speaker doon sa... They would scramble. Wala ang sound, wala ang They were all scrambling. They would sleep 2 a.m., 3 a.m. They're still texting each other. I said, have we finished this? Have we finished this? So that they could deliver a content sermon. None of them. No one of you asked them, how are they during the pandemic? To the streaming team, to the media team, thank you. You've done well. Can we just give a clap offering to these people? You don't know how many mics we've broken because we wanted to create this content for you. 
as if we're bloggers. But we're not bloggers. We're a church. And the barrage and the harang of criticisms I got, we got, all of us got, is, oh, I tell you. Kaya minsan, yung ako na rin itong online na ito, mga netizens, ha? mag-ingat-ingat kayo sa akin. Ha? Demanda ko kayo ng cybercrime. Eh. Wala pong isang ganito, meron pong ganito, nakatabingi po yung ano namin. I mean, probably your laptop la, not us. You know, that is true, right? Glofel, I'm so sorry to say this, but you know, many of us served during the time that they were already sick. I realized that when uh, Lawrence was serving with us online, he, he was leading us at home, he was already having trouble with his kidney. And you've, you, you can go back to the, to the video, uh, Lawrence isn't doing good at that time. Nobody asked. I apologize, Lofel, for letting you down in Lawrence, but nobody asked you. We're just there for the content. I'm sorry, we're truly sorry, but uh, we are doing well now. You know, nobody asked. Are we becoming a true community of grace? I want us to be a confessing church. Let me share this to you in Paul David Tripp. If we are afraid to confess our sin before what should be the most spiritually mature community in the church, we are sadly living in a state of functional gospel amnesia. No matter how robust our theological grasp of the gospel is, the gospel of God's grace is a welcome to a personal and community candor because we know that nothing can be known, revealed, exposed, or confess about us that hasn't been already been covered by the life, sacrifice, and victory of Jesus. There is no dark thing that lives beyond the reach of God's grace. Let me say that again. There's no dark thing that lives beyond the reach of God's grace. Hiding sin is burdensome. Manufacturing non-answers to probing questions gets exhausting. Acting as if you're okay when you're not okay will sap your vitality. I've experienced that, my dear brothers and sisters. Could you imagine the trauma that I've got? I left what I think God is calling me to do. There's no pandemic yet. I resigned December of 20, October, November, December of 2019 to join the full-time ministry. I joined February 1, 2020 there were already pockets of COVID-19. At that time, we call it Wuhan virus, whatever, you know. And it was a difficult moment to me. I was left alone, as you know, that Pastor Will had to go home, and our pastors were stuck somewhere because of that. I never, I said, I've never had a church that I can embrace, I can hug, I never had a congregation without a mask. That's difficult. I'm inconsolable one night. People, my Bukit Panjang Kegu family, thanks to you, went to our home at 3 a.m. because I'm inconsolable.
I don't want to ask Pastor Ruel because he's just recovering from the pain and death of her mom. I thought I was alone. I, and I think I'm failing you as a pastor. You know, I wanted to quit. I really wanted to quit. I said, Lord, I wanted to quit. I will fail this. I, like, I feel like I'm a Jonah, you know. I said, I left everything because I thought I would have a church. I don't want to be a blogger. I have to confess this. In the middle of the pandemic, when all of you, I thought, couldn't give us any more support, I gave in to the temptation of applying again to a full-time job. It was in the midst of the pandemic. And since that we're here, trying to confess, I need to confess that. I applied for a job. And it was an online, of course, online, online. Uh, and they've asked me, because I've never updated my resume, and said, so what do you do now? So it's okay if you don't call me pastor, because I actually denied it. I said, what do you do? I said, I work for the church. And I'm hoping with my earnest mind that they will not probe again. So what do you do with the church? Good thing they didn't ask. The Lord doesn't want me to lie more. I said, I work for a church. I said, why do you want to leave? I choked up and said, pandemic. But I want to tell them, I'm broken. I'm discouraged. Nobody knows what to do. I don't know what to do. You're, you're looking at us. Ruel, do you know what? I also don't know what to do. We all don't know what to do. I'm like given a task and I don't know what to do. I'm failing you. For the first time of my life, I felt so insecure. I said, I wanted to quit. I said, pandemic. And my, the, the, the interviewer said, you're asking something from the high side. Let me go back to my managing director and then I'll go back to you. But hold on. I said, hold on. We might give you what you're asking. And the interview ended. After I ended, no more than five minutes, your gifts came to our home. Fruits, cake, four fingers, what my kids love. <laughs> Cakes. God is telling me, I'll provide for you. You know, I'm not similarly situated. If I don't earn, my two kids don't go to public school, meaning they will not be able to enroll. Could you imagine the pain? And I have no congregation to live on. I wanted to open up with someone. Can you know? We're all restricted. We can't even go to someone. We're restricted. I couldn't embrace, I couldn't embrace you. I couldn't even hold me. And because of that, a lot of you, I've heard many people, your, your friends are dying, your parents are dying, people are sick. I said, wait, 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 Lord. I'm opening that to you because it's difficult. And then people came and brought a lot of that. Two days after, the interviewer interviewer called me back and said, I went to the managing director and we're giving to you what you're asking. 
when can you start? How long is your notice period? I said, I have one month. But I said, I'm not accepting the role. I already have a job. I have people like you. I say this because I might not have time anymore. I say this because I've never asked any one of you, how were you during the pandemic? What happened to you during the pandemic? Did I ask you that? Nagtanong ba ako sa inyo ano nangyari sa inyo? I never asked that. Like you, I was hurt. Like you, I was devastated. I say that because I hope that confessing this would somehow start a community of grace in all of us. That this place could be my safe place. And that all the people, by the way, listening in Facebook and YouTube. Kasama na rin kayo, kahit malayo kayo sa amin. <laughs> Who are we? Are we Gaius or are we Diotrephes? I'll end here. I'd like to share this book that Ruel gave me. In page 73 of this book by Paul David Tripp, this encouraged me. If you're a leader, you don't know everything. You can't do everything. You aren't completely mature. And you don't have inexhaustible energy. You are not just a package of strength, gifts, and experiences. You are also a collection of weaknesses and susceptibilities. It is here that the gospel is such a sweet, sweet encouragement. And Paul David goes on to say, We do not have to fear our limits because God doesn't send us out on our own. Where he sends us, he goes to. We do not have to curse our weaknesses because our weaknesses are workroom for His grace. We do not have to hide, I do not have to hide now, to hide or deny our places of immaturity because God is able. Our limits and weaknesses are not in the way. Our limits and our weaknesses are not in the way of what God can do through us. But our denial of our limits and delusions of independence are. Ruel gave me this book even before the pandemic started. And such a wonderful companion. When I started to become a pastor, I even don't know how to visit you in the hospital. Do you know that? I don't even know how to console a person in the hospital. I was with Ruel sometime in Feb of 2020. We were crossing the bridge from Tantokseng, and at that time, we were very afraid to go out because there's already a lot of confused, disillusioned that I, I am. We're crossing the bridge, and I asked, well, I said, bro, how do we pastor people in the midst of this pandemic? How do we pastor them? I'm asking him for a great answer. Well, he's such a good boy, you know. He just told me, I don't know. (laughs) 
But Ruel, you know, he said something very great. He said, here's what we're going to do. We will just accompany these people until the end of this. We will just go together. Ruel, thank you for not leaving me behind the last two and a half years. I'm so thankful. Ruel crossed the bridge with me from Tantokseng, going back here. He's still with me until this very moment. Thank you, Ruel. Thank you. And for your family. Thank you for all of you. Weren't you here? And come on, tap yourself on the shoulder. Didn't you good well and did well? We've, we've, we've done it. We're here. We're almost at the end of it. Praise God for that. We did not leave each other. We were here together. I'm sorry if I failed you many times. I don't know if you're even blessed with what I'm saying sometimes. But thank you for being there with me. Thank you for crossing the bridge with me. Thank you for putting it up with me. Thank you for your patience with immature, novice, young, clueless young pastor as I am. Thank you for giving me this opportunity to serve alongside you. Thank you for your love, for your support, for everything. The, the, the ladies who come to our house and share your meals with us and your stories, those are great encouragement. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Invite me over your homes. Thank you, thank you. You don't know how much of that encouraged me, how you have become a Gaius to me. And I hope and I pray we will all be like that. Because that's the heart of discipleship. When we encourage one another, can we be a safe place to someone? Can we become living word fellowship, a place of encouragement? An oasis in the desert, your balm in Gilead. Thank you to my brothers who were there for me. Thank you to Tete Eva who never failed to Listen to my ranting all the time and help me along the way. Thank you for her. She's just a wonderful, wonderful person. Thank you to all of you. I will not mention you one by one. Thank you to my wife. You just don't know how much she suffered during the time that I was suffering depression. I owe it to you, Donna. Thank you so much. I love you. Hindi ko tuhuling sermon, Thank you for your encouragement. I love all of you. And I end here. You could be a gayus in a world full of diotrophies. Be an encouragement. Be that someone who would build someone. And thank you, all of you. We're all of this together. We're all done. We're almost done. And we've done it. By the grace and the power of God. Thank you. Let's praise God for that. Wonderful, wonderful Savior. Thank you to all of you. Thank you. Be a Gaius in a world full of diotrophies. Let us come to the Lord in prayer. Thank you, Lord, for this wonderful time. Thank you for all these people who come alongside us during the most difficult moments of our history as a church. Many of them, I don't know what happened to them during the pandemic. Some of them lost their loved ones. Some of them experienced a tragic moment in their lives. Some of them got sick. 
Some of them perhaps got bankrupt because of the cost of, of the people whom they have helped back home. But they still choose to be with us during this time. They still choose to be here in the church and encourage one another and become a church, become a community of grace. Father, thank you for your grace and love for us. My dear brothers and sisters, before I end, can you remember someone who've encouraged you for the last two years during the pandemic? Can you just pause and thank them to the Lord right now? Can you just come to those people who have encouraged you, who've been there for you? Can you just pause and just thank them for this moment? Let's, let's just offer this moment of time and silence for these people. And for those of you who have lost someone during the pandemic, can you just offer this moment of silence for these people? Father, we worship you and we thank you for these people who have begun gaiuses in our lives. I thank you, Lord, that you've sent them our way. That when we feel like quitting, these people encouraged us. When we feel like we're about to break, these people, despite their weaknesses as well, despite what they're going through, offered a moment of their lives, gave effort, prayed, helped, gave everything so that they could be a Gaius to us. We also want to pray for those people who have become diatrophists in our lives, who made us strong. Father, we want to praise you because nearing the end of the pandemic, we've come along We've lost a lot of people, our loved ones. We weren't even able to hug them and be with them during the time that they are in the way. Father, remembering them now, I just want to thank you that you are faithful to me, to us, and to every person in this church. We want to offer this moment of prayers and silence to these people whom we love, whom we have failed. And we never got the, get the chance to embrace. Never got the chance to talk to. Lord, thank you for sustaining me as well during these times. A congregation that I couldn't touch. A congregation that I could not embrace. A congregation that is just beyond the walls of internet. But Father, you're faithful to me, faithful to us. Thank you, Father. And for those people who have lost their loved ones during the pandemic, Lord, I know they still miss them. But Lord, just embrace these people. Embrace them with the love that comes from you alone. And for those people who have experienced tragic moments in their lives during the last pandemic, Lord, encourage their hearts. They have done well. They have done well. You've carried them through. They have done good. 
we should not blame themselves but look into your grace into your heart and say you've brought us this far Lord and you will carry us through thank you Father for this wonderful congregation thank you for the leadership of this church and for all the people who made this church Father thank you we worship you and glorify your name may your name be worshipped and praised forevermore we worship you in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ our Savior we pray Let's all stand to receive the benediction. And may we know the Son of God who has come and has given us understanding, who is true and with whom we are with, who is true Jesus Christ, the true God and eternal life, who brings us peace, love, grace, and mercy for the glory of His name, our triune God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit and the people of God redeemed by, the, by God says Amen 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 May the Lord worship worship and praise thank you thank you my dear brothers and sisters thank you God bless you